Hello everybody and welcome and this is the Midnight McBride show with me your host Midnight McBride and this is episode number seven and this is called Horses for Courses and tonight I'm joined by Debbie Henderson. Hello. Hi Debbie and Catherine Beaumont. Hi Catherine. Now Debbie and Catherine, the reason I've called this show Hands on Heavy Horses is because you both have a, a huge involvement with horses and it's a big part of your life. Now Debbie with Hands on Heavy Horses yeah, and Catherine with Meditate with Horses. Now, you've done a show with me before, Catherine, yeah. So at Salford City Radio. So uh-huh. I know quite a lot about your story and your journey. On this show, what we try to do is, I don't cover everything we've done on the radio again, because some of the people that are watching this will listen to the show, but also some people won't. So we talk about some of the things that have happened, part of your journey to this present moment. So we'll start with you, Catherine. Tell us a little bit about Meditate With Horses. What is it? It was a concept that I developed after having a riding accident. Um, this is where you you brought your pelvis, didn't you? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, so basically the horse reared, fell, fell on me yeah. and, and smashed my pelvis. So there was quite a few months where I couldn't walk or ride. Um and I started sitting in the paddocks. I'd been training in yoga and meditation, and I started sitting with the horses in the paddocks and meditating. And I noticed their behavior change quite profoundly around me. And um, it was it was then it then became after noticing this and it having having an effect on me. It then became a journey of trust, and I I re-established my relationship with the horses after becoming really frightened of them yeah after the accident and not being able to walk i re-established it but on a completely different paradigm so it was it was now it wasn't about what i could make them do or where we were going or we weren't sort of pedaling to the metal anything like this um it was just about being with them and establishing this trust and connection it taught me a lot about myself and then started introducing other people to it. Yeah. So you started to interact with them in a whole different way, really, yeah. and became your friend rather than a master and servant role yeah. where the horse was, you know, underneath you. You sort of interacted with it and meditated with the horses, you know. Yeah. Maybe appreciated them more as a sentient being, as an equal. Yeah. I mean, it, equal but different. Yes. But, yeah. but still a being within its own right. Not not something uh, that we have particular dominion over, or that is there to serve our perceived leisure purpose. Yeah. But um, being in its own right, um, perhaps you could say that they have the creative, uh, the the physical prowess, and we have the creative prowess, and and, and together, um, it's a good partnership if you're wanting to ride them. Um, I mainly use them now as therapy horses, um, and. Um, I say use them, but they ch- they choose to come and do this because they like doing it. So Debbie, tell us a little bit about Hands On Heavy Horses and how that possibly came about and what it is. Yeah, well, uh, my partner and I bought a farm in Windermere about seven years ago and we wanted to, um, well, we discussed before we bought the farm what kind of rare breeds we would have. And um, in a previous life, I was um, I used to work with horses, so I always knew that I wanted to come back to that at some point in my life. And uh, we were very blessed. We bought this beautiful farm and as well as the sheep and the cattle, we were able to get some heavy horses. Yeah. These are, these are Clydesdales, Clydesdales, is that right? Yeah, yeah, big, 
big guys, mm. big feet, you know, beautiful, gentle giants. And uh, they were per- they were just a recreational, you know, um, part of the family, really. But I realized that they started to n- maybe contribute. They needed to contribute for all, toward their own keep because yeah. they're, not, they're not cheap uh, animals to keep. Yeah. So um, I came up with this idea that um, rather than just being a trekking center, I wanted to do more than that. I wanted people to come and share the horses and have the experience of grooming them and picking feet out and the things that you would never get to do at a normal uh, riding trekking center. So um, I created these uh, half or full day experiences where people come to our farm and share the horses and and get to do all those behind yeah. the scenes, hands-on heavy horses. Yeah, see, I've, I've experienced a retreat with you, Catherine, at your your venue, and I did a, a little talk on meditation and we did a meditation session and I meditated with the horses for the first time, which was a beautiful experience, wonderful. But then hands-on horses is very different. Yes. It's a, di- it's a different approach. But now you've come together. And collaborated. And, yeah. And you now do something called full circle retreats. We do. And the full circle was really for me coming full circle from, you know, in my youth being into horses and then having to put that on the back burner. Life took over, yeah. family, children as they do. And then coming to a point where we could come back to working with horses and um, hence full circle retreats and um, I'd heard about meditating with horses and uh, I'd started to tentatively have a goal myself but I, I wasn't I didn't have the skills and um, thankfully I heard about Catherine and and so Catherine started to come and was teaching me uh, to meditate with my horses and we were sitting in the field with the sun was streaming down and the view and it was such a magical experience yeah. and uh, I said we need to do this this is a thing we need yeah. to mm-hmm. who who uh, hasn't heard of Catherine you've been on every tv program going at the minute I think haven't you <laughs> I think last time I saw you you were doing well, various television programs weren't you tell us a bit about those Catherine uh well we had some media interest at Full Circle Retreats, didn't we? You were on the news, weren't you? Yeah. 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 The was BBC that? and Border all in the same week. It was amazing. Right, right, yeah. 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 yeah, Um, which was which was really nice. Um, we had a journalist from the Telegraph came to do a, a meditation with Otto. And the Times. And, sa- and Sam. And the Times, yeah. Otto's one Times. of the horses, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, We've had some journalists coming up some quite profound experiences actually meditating with the horses. One said that he felt like he was an infant being held by his mother for the first time. And he'd no, he hadn't thought about that for, for eons and years and years and years. And it was just because he was sitting on the floor next to this giant horse and the horse was resting yeah. his nozzle on, on, on his head. And, and he felt like it was some kind of guardian and it took him right back to... So it's quite a healing experience that that that, that yeah. sort of embodiment of, of being an infant and, and being held by your mother i'm going to tell the viewers a little bit about the synchronicity of why you both sat in front of me today because i was at manjushri doing a retreat which was a few weeks ago say three weeks ago and i just spoke to you the week before and mentioned about possibly coming on here when i went to this retreat for the first time ever i didn't make it to a single session which i'd never done before the session that I should have been in, so I shouldn't have been where I was. And I wasn't in the session. We were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You'd never been to Manjushri before. No, no. And we bumped into each other at mm. Manjushri just after we discussed about doing this show. And I got to meet yeah. yourself, Debbie. And I've talked about it, I think, on at least two of the shows prior to this, saying about the synchronicity and alignment involved in that 
interaction is remarkable. Well, it felt like you know? a meant to be moment, exactly, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it really did. So, Debbie, you've we discussed when we did the pre-show chat, and you said you were okay to talk about some yeah. of these things, but you've obviously had quite a traumatic ride to this point, also, and that would include, you know, your mother with mental health problems. Yeah. And your father passing and your sister having breast cancer yeah, as well. Is yeah, that right? Maybe yeah. tell us a bit about that journey because I think it's very interesting and poignant to find out why you've arrived in this situation. Yeah. Were you working with yeah. the horses and trying to help people? Yeah. Yeah. So the, f- the first difficult thing that happened to me was my father passing away when I was 21. And, um, you know, that, that was a huge shock. Um, my mum wasn't coping as well as uh, we all assumed she was. And after several years, she felt she couldn't cope anymore and and attempted suicide, which was, you know, that was another, for me, another massive shock because I hadn't seen the signs. I'd had no experience of mental health issues at that point. So I I didn't see it coming. And um, my mum had a really difficult journey after that. She she was diagnosed with bipolar, so there's been many ups and downs. Um, And then... um, the next major thing was um, about 10 years ago, my sister, with my mum, we'd always had a, this partnership of my sister and I, and, you know, we, we supported each other. And um, so when my sister passed away, that was massive because yeah. suddenly I felt very alone. And on the day my sister died, my mum had, understandably, um, another massive breakdown. Yeah. So it felt that I lost my mum and my sister on the same day. And even though my mum was is st- still with me and she's still alive, I really lost my mum on yeah. that day. Th- and that that was that was tough. I think you'll find, I know from personal experience, I had a nervous breakdown about five years ago, six years ago, and then a couple of times I've been very close, and then about a year ago I had another breakdown. And once you've had a breakdown, once the system fails, once you've been to the edge and, you know, you, you can't function properly, you then have to pay real close attention to yourself yeah. because you're more susceptible to it. Once you've been overstretched or broken or whatever expression you want to use, but once you've been there, you can get there a lot easier. But the yeah. signs are there. You've just got to learn to interpret yeah. them because when I look back at my first breakdown, I had so many things were telling me to stop what I was doing and I didn't listen. But that's why these things are good because mm. because if you were being normal, you would push on through and push on through and you've really got no sense of how you're walking through the mm. world and how you're affecting other people or anything. But no. these kind of cracks let the light in. And if you are well adjusted to a world that's actually profoundly sick, then, then there's something wrong. Bingo, bingo, exactly, yeah. yeah. I say that actually having a breakdown is for most people part of the spiritual process you've got to go through a period where you think everything i'm doing is wrong why am i doing this and you take a a really big step back an introspective a look at your life and make some changes because if you don't if i'd carried on the way i was i'd be dead now you know that's a fact i would be you know because i took a lot of drugs and i was violent and i was mixing with the wrong people and everything you could do you know and i didn't look after myself either yeah. you know so yeah, sometimes you're you a product of society yeah and yeah. i always say to people which is why i like what you said there is if if you fit into this madhouse there's something wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah. if you haven't got problems there's something wrong with you yeah. because if you fit into this yeah. and it's a very warped world we live in at the minute you know if you yeah. fit into this and everything's fine and okie dokie and there's something yeah. you, you, yeah. you need help <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, is is that none of us are okay you know we're all we're all flying towards the boneyard we've all we all 
we we, we all experience death in families and, and loved ones. Um, we all get sick. We lose our pets. You know, none of us are okay. We've no. just got to kind of re-establish community and connection and and this is what debbie and i are trying to do is when we get people together in group meditations and with the horses and in nature and on the farm and really kind of back to basics to to us as as, as pack animals and, and herd animals and creatures yeah. that need that connection and unity then um it's really a very fundamental healing I think that people go through and 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 need and profoundly yeah. need. I find it really fascinating that you both derived in part of a a healing vehicle, a healing process with horses mm. for both yeah. yourself yeah. and for the people as well. You both arrived yeah. there, and yeah, I find it fascinating how you you came together as well to do the full circle retreats. You actually another meant to be moment without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Maybe tell us about that. You know. Well, I was I was um, very nervous about saying the M word. If I'm being honest, I thought people would think I was having some kind of midlife crisis. So I was being the meditation. Yeah, word. Oh yeah, really? definitely. I was really nervous about y- discussing it with people. I mean, my partner had no idea I was meditating with the horses. You he used dirty to, secret I, meditator. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> so people can think you're part of a cult. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. He, he would walk in the barn and I would leap into action. You know, whereas yeah. I'd just been sitting very I, quietly. It was it was very funny. I used to do. When I went, when I first became a Buddhist, I wouldn't tell anybody I was a Buddhist. I used to go to the Buddhist centre and I had a route plan down all the back streets <laughs> to find it, to get to the front door and pop out near the front. Because I was terrified of anybody seeing me, yeah. you know, so yeah. I can appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I was apprehensive about about the whole M word. And... Um, and then a, a completely random conversation with somebody. I thought, I'm going to just test the water here. And I started to explain to this lady what I was doing. And I said, I think I'm doing it all wrong. I don't know if the horses are responding right. And I sort of know what I should be doing, but I'm not quite sure. She said, I know the very person you need to meet. And uh, she gave me contact, uh, Catherine's contact details. And that that was it. And Perfect. Catherine came. I rang her up and she was actually on a skiing holiday. And I was an hour into the conversation before I realized she was abroad on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, I, I really know we're going to get on really well. So it was it was great. And um, Catherine's had to come in on a weekly basis. And I said to her, the dream is to get the horses to lie down. That's what I want. I want to be lying yeah. in the fields with the horses flat out, snoring their heads off. And that's where we got to. I, I used to be terrified of horses. I always used to say, because I was a violent man, and I always used to say, I don't like being in the presence of anything. I don't think I can knock out. That That's how... That's how I thought yeah, at the time, you know. Out. Yeah. yeah, in a completely <laughs> no. different way. But because they were bigger than me, yeah. I didn't, you know, um, I was very uncomfortable around horses, uh, animals, and I think animals can sense when you're frightened. And for that reason, I couldn't go near dogs for years because uh, they knew they mirror, I was they on... They mirror you, yeah. yeah. They knew but I was on pins. more than that, they can see you. I unsettled the dogs. They see yeah, yeah, they, they, they hold a mirror yeah, up to you. Yeah, they do. You don't like that no. if, if you're well, not in a good place. No, exactly. Yeah. Now I, I just go up to any dog and, and yeah. I can't remember. I honestly couldn't say the last time a dog ever barked at me, but in my youth, if I went anywhere near a dog, the dog would freak out. Yeah. So they must have felt yeah. this tangled energy yeah. that was coming out of my you mind at the time. Waves. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you're a Bolton girl. I am a Bolton Debbie. girl. I'm so chuffed to have been able to come back tonight, back to Bolton, because when I left yeah. home at 16, I went to work in Edinburgh. My parents then retired to the Lake District while I was working away. So home shifted, and I've never really had the opportunity to come back. So it's really exciting to be back in Bolton yeah. tonight. 
Yeah. I'd just like to say you said that you used to have an interior design shop. I did. If I had to guess, by your appearance, what you did in a former life, I would say an interior designer. Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, you've got the scarf on and the dots and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's really weird, actually, because I used to have you, interior you, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're clones. We you? are. Well, yeah. 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 apart yeah. from the fact I'm short and you're tall. So could, could I just say something about how we sort of the, the concept of full circle retreats of course, yeah. uh, really developed? Because I think it's really interesting. Mm. Um, because the retreat, the full circle retreats, like my meditate with horses sessions are purely meditating with horses, but full circle retreats are creative retreats. So there is yoga and horse meditation. Um, The horse meditation, meditation really on the retreats is a means to an end, which is connection with the horses. But it's all all part of um, sort of a richer experience. And we came up with the name of Full Circle Retreats um, after discussing this psychotherapist called Robert Bly. Um, He'd written this thing that um, he basically said that when you're a child, you're born this kind of beautiful 320, 60 degree ball of light and as you go through school and work and and life and when life knocks you down um teachers shame you parents humiliate you or say you're too effeminate you're too angry you're too this you're too that it's like slices of you are taken away and you throw them in what robert Bly called the long black bag and and you exile parts of yourself and then end up dragging them over your shoulder and this bag gets longer and longer and you're kind of hauling it around. I, I love that. When I t- teach yeah. meditation, I always get everybody to visualise they're carrying a bag of bricks with them and they come mm. in the room and they have yeah. to put the bag down before they come into the room. Yeah. So, yeah. And But when you get to... Um, well, you can sort of get to the age where you get married, say that's 28, and there'll be two little wedges of people standing next to each other at the altar, not really knowing who they are. And you get to sort of 40, and you want to open the bag, and you want to look inside it, but you're a bit frightened because all these things have been exiled for such a long time. Mm. Um, but then you, a lot of people want to go on this journey to try and come full circle, find out what's in the bag. And, and sometimes a lot of what's in the bag... Is, is your very creativity um you kind of thrown it away but it's it was the kind of the, the essence of you that that ball of light you know and, and in there is your creativity um so in order to access your true potential and creative self you need to look at what's in the mm-hmm. bag uh, and then you come full circle and full circle retreats is about getting in that space where you can sit with things that are stuck in, in your body, in your unconscious or whatever, and you can feel into them, get underneath them and find the really juicy stuff underneath. And then you do a lovely creative workshop. So then once your creative juices are flowing, once you're really feeling your true essence and your unique, shiny, creative self, yeah. then you can go into your creative writing workshop, your painting and drawing, uh, your felting, your photography, or whatever it is that Debbie's got set up on that particular day. Yeah. Um, so it's a really lovely way to sort of find the real you. Yes. I remember when you spoke at New Horizons, Catherine, yeah. about you explained a little bit about the science of how, how about the nervous system of the animal and yourself when you meditate with the horses sort of sync. Maybe tell us a bit about the actual science of meditating with horses, how it works. Yeah. Um, well, horses are excellent animals to work with. Um, I think all animals relax you and I think they're all healing yeah. 
But um, all sentient beings are fully present, except moi. Yeah. Mm. Except us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but but horses are herd animals and they're prey animals as well. So they're very biological functions that keep them safe. Um, make them really adaptable to to healing us so for instance when they're in a herd they're able to synchronize their central nervous system so that if one herd member notices danger its heart rate will go up and the rest of the herd will mimic that heart rate within a sort of picosecond they'll just know and they'll run it's almost like they're telepathic but they're not they're just extremely sensitive um so it's like dogs can uh, detect um panic attacks now they know and they can detect um diabetes and cancer yeah so horses can detect hormone changes they can detect pulse rate changes they can detect a heart rate from four meters away they know if your cortisol levels are up they know if your oxytocin is increasing so in this way a horse will tell you exactly where you are and how you are even if you don't know yourself because the thing about us is that we lie an awful lot yeah patrick how are you I'm fine. I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I'll be like, okay, because that's what I want to hear. Because I actually don't want to know about all the stuff that's going on mm. underneath, which you're shoving down and suppressing so that you can pretend you're fine, so that we can function in a society where we're all lying yeah. to we'll each just other. Just get through the day. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then in order to, to survive that, we consume things and we consume more. We're, we're addicted to lots of things like food and buying things and cars and all these things that are actually sort of destroying us. Mm. Um, and the, the way to um, kind of distance ourselves from this kind of um, addictive cycle that we've got into is to really come back to the very basic nature of who we are and how we are and where is our connection so where is our connection to nature to other beings to each other mm -hmm. it seems to be lost being around horses shows you exactly how you're walking through the world and how people are responding to you um because if a horse won't come near you because you're too angry um th then you'll know but in in what we do we really people really want the horses to connect and mm -hmm. when i say connect their body language changes. They want to be close to you. They lean on you. Yeah. They lie down with you. You can lie on the floor with them. You can lie on them. You know, it's when, amazing. When I did the retreat um, with you, yeah, and um, we meditated with the horses, I, in my mind, didn't think, I just didn't think it was going to happen for me, you know, because even though I, at the time, I was teaching meditation and I was had a, a very strong meditation practice at the time, I just thought this animal's going to suss me. He's going to know. And I meditated and it did and it worked and it was beautiful. And I got to sort of, I could go put my head on the horse and the horse became very sort of subdued and relaxed. It was beautiful, you yeah. know. I remember you were sitting sitting right next to Eddie's feet, weren't yeah. you? And he wasn't moving, and you were sort of leaning your head on his leg. Didn't yeah, didn't yeah. It was, a, it was a beautiful day. It was, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. So, Debbie, mm -hmm. how come you ended up going from Bolton to Windermere? How did that happen? Um, so I left school at 16. Yeah. Um, I wanted to work with horses. So I went to a riding school in Edinburgh and trained for two years um, in stable management and teaching horse riding. So I became right. qualified to teach. And then from there, I went to work for a family who had horses and five children. And it was actually cheaper for her to have me living in. And he yeah. wants to send the five children to riding lessons. So we bought a couple of ponies and I lived with them for two or three years. And um, I was sort of like Girl Friday, Nanny, you name it, I did it. And then my mum, I think I got to about 20, and my mum said, don't you think you should get a real job now? 
Fair oh, enough. I, 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 yeah. I see the point. So I came to live in the Lake District and then I changed direction at that point and I got into retail. Yeah. It's funny how you both have had this previous relationship with horses yes. before you came yeah. back. To, yeah. y- your stories are so similar in lots yeah. of ways, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. You know. I think I think once you do start tr- trying to look at yourself and heal as you get older, you, go, you always go back to the things that you loved as a child, yeah. which is why, again, full yeah. circle. So... I thought we'd start, Catherine, with possibly telling us a bit about your new chap called Ben and what he does. Um, well, Ben's a fascinating guy who, um, like me, teaches people to um, explore nature and heal through nature and use nature as an adventure playground. Um, so I use horses, he, use, he uses trees and, and, and waterfalls and rivers and uh, cold water immersion. Um, Is that a, where you sort of picked that up from? Because yeah, you had a spell yeah. where we kept seeing pictures of you with no clothes on, jumping in pools of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was through that influence. Really. Yes, but it's it's a really fantastic way of sort of building resilience, and um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's good armor against anxiety and depression, and just wonderful to be immersed in in nature like that. Um, Ben's Ben does all sorts of extreme tree climbing. He's been climbing trees uh, since he was a little boy, and um, he's a climate activist. So recently, he climbed up Big Ben. Uh, I've seen a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was he was hanging off the top of Big Ben for a while. How did he get up though? Rock climbing gear, basically. Um, not not really. I think he 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 did have a rope, but he didn't use it too much and the, the the police kept asking him to kind of get down up. yeah get, well, get, get, get the hell get down <laughs> <laughs> but also to i don't know what the, the terminology is but to hook on with his with his yeah. rope but yeah. a lot of the time he was just wobbling up and down the scaffolding and in his bare feet and uh, um d- no ropes and you know yeah uh so yeah and uh so he, he's in court soon for that Right. Um, I, but they don't usually go too heavy with stuff like that. They don't like I, it, but, no, you know, no. I don't think you're looking at serious bird, <laughs> I think. No. Well, um, the, the other Extinction Rebellion members that have that have been to court so far haven't got any custodial sentences no. or, or anything like this. No. Um, a lot of judges are recognising now that it's, you know, it's a, a necessary response to the science that yeah. um, that we're being told on a daily basis in the media, in the mainstream media yeah. now and, and, and everything. I think for myself, yeah, it's like somebody that takes drugs. For me, I'm very clear on this, very, very direct about it. They're not a criminal, right? You, you may be having fun. You may have a problem. You may need help, but you're not a criminal. Yeah. If you're taking drugs, yeah. you're just not. Or you may be self-medicating you know. because... Exa- you, exactly, you, because yeah. you're suffering. And, and, and yeah. the way I judge a crime is, are you endangering or harming somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. That is a pra- pra- can be a criminal act. Yeah. He's not endangering anybody else. Well, the things that are endangering people... Is protesting is against. Is, ...is climate chaos and, yeah. and the people that are committing ecocide uh, through spewing out emissions, whether it be corporate activity or, you know, or, or just... Um, Business as usual for, yeah, for everybody yeah. that the governments aren't intervening with or doing yeah. anything about. So, yeah. so, so to scream loudly like that from the top of a big, tall public building, I think absolutely is a necessity. No, um, yeah. So, yeah, mm. th- that's what that's what he's been up to recently. I think on the flip side to that, Debbie, something that was supposed to 
help the environment and stop the erosion of the banks of Windermere, reducing mm-hmm. the speed limit to 10 mile an hour, yeah. put you out of business. <laughs> well, it did, but again, there was a lot of lies told about that. Was there? I, because, remember, I remember it very well, well. I remember it happening. The irony of the erosion to, to Windermere shoreline is that it's actually the big steamers that go up and yeah. down 15 times a day about five or ten minutes. And the only reason I know this is because my mum and dad had a house just right by the shoreline and we see it. Oh, here it comes. Um, and about 15 minutes after those There's ships, a wake, isn't there's there? There's a huge wake that comes yeah. in. That was causing the erosion. Speedboats zoom across the surface of the water. They hardly give a wash. So actually, that yeah. was... It was all very political at the time. And, yeah. you know, I appreciate the fact that people wanted a quieter lake district. But um, there was only one lake that you were allowed to water ski on. It was Windermere. And it had been a gentleman's agreement for years and years. And it did put a lot of people out of business. But yeah. it was 20 years ago and everybody's moved on. But it was at the time, it was yeah. a big ordeal. I remember I had a narrowboat and the speed limit was four miles an hour and somebody came past at about eight or nine miles an hour. I was fuming, <laughs> you know. And did they give off a great yeah, big wash? Yeah, massive wash all the you way would. down the side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's all relative. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. So do you still, do you meditate besides with the horses, Catherine? You have a personal meditation practice. Do you meditate daily or do you meditate with the horses daily? I meditate with the horses daily. Daily. Uh, what a, a nice place to be in when you can do that on a daily basis, you know. Unfortunately, you just, you need a stables and horses to do that, don't yeah. you? But Actually, I don't have stables. All my work's done outside and my horses are, are quite feral. Oh, yeah. Well, horses anyway. Yeah, really, but yeah. Um, I, check in, I check in with them uh, yeah. every time I go, I'm up there. Um, and um, I often meditate either I'm waking up or going to sleep although I don't have a as as regular practice as I used to no I'm I'm actually teaching meditation tomorrow morning for the first time in uh it's I think it's about nearly 16 months since I last taught a class and I got a phone call this week because I went off and said will you come it's a special group of people that and they asked me would I do it and I said you know what yeah yeah sod it I'll do it so I, I find that I'm doing when I did have my sort of morning hour meditation practice um i wasn't doing the same things that i'm doing now so what i'm doing now more of is is, is wild swimming yeah and um, I'm, I'm similar i think in that as a person i've changed a lot over the last few years and yeah. i've gone from meditating with a short practice 20 minutes a day then venturing yeah. from buddhist meditation to transcendental meditation yeah. then going into doing some very intensive retreats where i'd meditate for you know, six, eight hours a day, quite yeah. often in silence and, and going into it to that level. Yeah. Whereas now, um, um, it's not the meditation really that's fixing me, although I meditate, but my yeah. practice isn't what it should be possibly. For me, it's running. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you change and I don't think it really matters what vehicle you use. It's finding what works for you and brings you peace, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know? And also just getting present. Get, but being present and absorbed in exactly. something there. Yeah. That is, it, it can yeah. be an, any activity. It can be art. Mm. It can be walking in nature. Nature of what do they call it now? Uh, nature bathing, is it? Or forest bathing. Forest, forest bathing. bathing. That's yeah. it. Yeah. The green. Yeah. yeah. I, this afternoon, because I was in the office yesterday, I spent eight hours staring at a screen literally yeah. I didn't even have any lunch not just eight hours yeah today I made time and just had an hour about an hour and 20 minutes and I went just went for a walk yeah and I know a little trail around here where you can go yeah. and there's brooks and streams and everything yeah. and it, it fixed me 
yeah you know. and, and if you're present while you're walking then that's a meditation mm. yeah. um if you if you go to an art gallery and 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 you look at art then that can be a meditation yeah. it's like with ben when he tra- climbs the trees and has people in the trees you're so focused on not falling yeah that you're yeah, present. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a meditation i and found we're that with skydiving uh, yeah. yeah you jump out of a plane you focus on your breath <laughs> that's why people do extreme sports isn't yeah it? of course yeah yeah but we're tra- what we're trying to do uh, as well uh, we're doing these new sort of pack horse picnic days where we're using the horses and we're taking food up into the fells cooking it in the fells ben's going to do his uh, tree climbing wild swimming he calls it the na- naked ape experience yes yeah. um this is with the fell foodie guy is it this is with fell foodie yes who's, who's um quite popular around the lake district he's been on tv um he's turned his life around he used to be an alcoholic and now he's this um just this adventurer he takes people on adventures and he cooks them beautiful gourmet meals in in you know like on the tops of the fells and stuff uh, so he's he's come on board he's part of the team we've got somebody doing bushcraft as well so yeah. it's a full-on adventure day yeah. but um at the end of it you've got this beautiful meditation with the horses just before you come come back down the yeah fells what a well. nice way to wrap it up yeah yeah, yeah. debbie have you had your haircut since the last scene yeah yeah i have you no no i i you, decided to embrace the gray so i've had all the brown cut out and uh um, Wonderful. Yeah. I, th- I think you only certain people can do that, can carry it off and you can carry it off. And you oh. came, you pulled up in the car today and I thought, wow, who's that with Catherine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so fantastic. Yeah, I just thought, no, now is the moment I'm going to... Uh, it do was it. my New Year's resolution to embrace mm. the grey and I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, do it right. I think men have less maybe... I don't know. Some men go bald and they fight it for a long time. And I think it looks ridiculous, to be honest. I just think it looks absurd. Um, I've been bald since I was about 19. But I think at 21, I shaved my head. I've never done anything else since. Just shaved it, you know. But women definitely, for many, many years after that, will be colouring the hair and this kind of thing. And I think the day when you say, you know what? And I find it with a lot lot of women that live on narrowboats seem to have embraced it sooner and they just accept what the hair is usually get it cut quite short and they're okay with it you know and i think it can look beautiful there's there's um, a kind of cultural um it's it's almost like a a boundary um which which keeps women within these kind of prisons of of um buying beauty products and looking younger and dyeing the hair because what it says is what 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 the boundary says is um once you're past a certain age and you've lost your sexual validity then you've lost your your value and you can see well i'm knackered then (laughs) (laughs) not for for men this is more for women and you can see but with just like presenters on tv like all the female presenters are under 35 but the male presenters go on and on yeah Yeah. good point good point yeah it's something we just need to say no don't we? No, I'm yeah. not doing that. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah, doing yeah. that. Um, you, you're right. It's yeah. a really good point. I've never even thought about mm. that. But a lot of the male presenters go on into the 60s, even 70s, yeah. and the women generally don't. No. Generally no, don't. They, they don't no. have a career once they... Once Especially in the, the old BBC. Yeah. Because it was a very... Um, I don't know how to put this, but... It was misogynistic. A, yeah, yeah, a very male environment, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but also um, beauty products. Um, the 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 industry creates problems so that you buy the products. It's like um, at one point, I'm sure, like cellulite wasn't a problem until somebody said cellulite's a problem and you need to buy this yeah. thing to. 
you know so so yeah. we're all it's again it's the consuming thing we're all consuming things we don't we don't really need to we, no. it's healthier to embrace where you are i said before the start of the show i don't think it's actually in the show i think it was just before we started that i had a shave immediately before doing this show and what a mistake that was my face just went bright red <laughs> and this is the tamed down version i've been splashing cold <laughs> water on it for about 20 minutes before you arrived trying <laughs> to get my face to cool down because in this light, it picks up everything, you yeah. know, so, yeah. yeah. So maybe tell us about events and things you've got coming up. So with Full Circle Retreats. Okay, so we've got a photography uh, retreat on the 5th of April. So all of the retreats are structured in the same there'll way. Be, there'll be people watching this saying, I should go on that <laughs> <laughs> with my camera work. But, yeah. So um, as Catherine said earlier, um, that we start with yoga. Then we go into the horse meditation. Then we have um, a lovely homemade lunch. And then it's whichever creative activity that particular day involves. So the first one we've got is photography. So yeah. We've got, the one thing that we've been so blessed with is we've got the, uh, all these lovely, um, very talented women who live locally who are all bringing something to the retreats. And they're all coming from the same place of love and, and generosity of spirit. And um, so the first one uh, is a fabulous lady called Julie, and she's, she's taking the photography group um then we've got uh, an art day now that's non-guided because um when we did the one last year people were saying actually i just want to be able to go and sit somewhere choose my own space sit down and 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 we don't really want a teacher telling us what we want to do so this year we decided to do this as an unguided catherine's going to take them for a meditational walk before the art part of the day, and then people are just going to peel off wherever they feel like. I thought you were going to say peel no, no, off peel the clothes. right, everybody, get was, off. We're going to swim. <laughs> <laughs> well, not on that particular no, day. No, no. Um, and so people can, if they want to do landscape, or they want to go in the garden, or they want to paint the hens, whatever, they can choose their their place. So that that'll be fantastic. Um, then I'm trying to think what comes after the. Then we've got uh, floristry. That's a, always a lovely one because we plan which plants we're going to put in that will be ready at that time of year. Yeah. So they can go into the cutting garden and the, they can choose whatever um, plants they want to cut from the garden. We have a florist who comes in and teaches them the skills of making a bouquet and, and then they get to take that away with them at the end of the day. So so every activity is um, is creative and it's yeah. just... Uh, we, we try and make either the horses or the farm the centre of the attention so they can use the the what we've got available it, to us. There's only one thing for it. I need to move to the lakes. You do. I need to do these retreats, yeah. You're uh, welcome anytime. Well, well you, you offered and yeah. uh, I, I will take you up on it. Yeah, I'll, call, I'll come up again. Yeah. Oh, but also we, we've got the um, two-hour horse meditation workshops at, yeah. at full, full Circle Retreat Venue. Um, so once a month we'll do a, a two-hour horse meditation with yeah. the Clydesdales um, as do a group. You, yeah. Do they behave differently because they, they're a different breed of horse? You know, is, yeah. it, is it exactly the same? Is one type of horse more, um, how should we say, cooperative with the meditation, easier to meditate with, or does it not matter? Um, I think... I would be a little bit scared of a Clydesdale than I would the, a normal the, horse. I think Clydesdales are naturally... 
more gentle. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think because of the size of the animal, it, it feels more remarkable because you've got yeah. this huge... I mean, when I've got videos of Catherine meditating and an otto's head which is this big is, is like literally here on her shoulder it's like jurassic park you know you've got this enormous head and then and then little catherine underneath so yeah. i think it, it it just visually looks so much more but i don't think the horses actually respond any different i think your horses no. and my horses would, would exactly I, the same. I didn't realize how big they were i'd seen some pictures on your page yes. and had luke yeah. and they're um, very big they are they are, they are. <laughs> i mean i mean Bigger than you think. Yeah. So, so, really so big. Well, imagine police horses yeah. that you see at football matches. It, that's what they're like. Yeah. They're, they're massive. So for people, and especially people who are not horsey people, it's it's like being waterfalled into mm. some sort of otherworldly, like you say, Jurassic Park experience. Mm. So where you've got mm. a massive connection with this um, galactic monolithic creature. Um, it's quite amazing. But I don't think that breeds of horses react differently to the meditation. I think that all horses react to that connection and stillness yeah. the same. Some horses might be more difficult to get into that space if they're traumatised. But that's yes. the horse, not the breed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's because they're individuals, aren't they? Every it, horse, if you get so an ex-race yeah. horse, well, they're very traumatised horses, yeah. so it might take oh, them months. Imagine, yeah. To, to get there but I, they will get there yeah and I think yeah. I think also the thing that's really important for, for people to realise is that the horses aren't trained to meditate you know like we train them to ride them we train them to jump we train them to do things you don't train them to meditate. They choose to join us. And that, that mm. still blows me away now yeah. that, you know, I can sit quietly and they join me. They choose. They're not on head collars. They're loose in the, in the in the stable or in the field. And they choose to come and either lie down or stand or hover or, you know, they just yeah. want the connection. And it is absolutely remarkable. Do you have meditate with horses, Catherine? Do you have some separate events coming up from Full Circle? Do you have your own things coming up? Yeah, so so I run daily sessions, so people can book in and have a one-to-one -one therapy day? session. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If people want to book a session, I can usually accommodate them, yeah. uh, unless I've got something else on, another event on or something like this. Um, but you can book on the website, and the sessions are open to sort of choose, choose the days yeah. and times. I remember when you came on the radio, a couple of things. One is I had a joke and said, oh, yeah, you know, swimming with dolphins, I saw yesterday, meditate with horses. Now, that's what you want to be doing, you know, because... A lot of people have swum, swum with dolphins, although I've never done it because the only opportunity I've had to do it has been in captivity and we didn't want to do it. Um, but also when you came on the radio, I remember on that day, I think you were running late and it was because there was a young child that had come to meditate with the horses who he had a, a brain tumour, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sadly he's died. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but he, he he had a wonderful connection with Eddie. He, he sort of sat he on his back. He said on that day, it was an amazing yeah, day. Uh, he laid on his back and sat on his back and yeah. uh, he really relaxed. Um, but he, you know, he'd been ill a long time, bless him. I think you could take solace in doing that, you know, uh, as he approaches the transition that, you know, he had a beautiful day and you were the catalyst for that. So there's a, there's a very positive aspect to that. Yeah. You know. um, and it's, it, it's always, it's always really, really hard to see children that are ill and, and that, that are not going to be with us that long. And Blade was only with us till he was six, bless him. So, mm. um, but I was really, I feel privileged to have had that time with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we do the, we do the one-to-one -one therapy sessions. Um, we're doing these, pack horse picnic days the adventure days so one a month um and we are running um retreats as well so two-day retreats from full circle 
Yurts. No relation. Stiff, different. <laughs> oh, right. You've blow, you bl- you blown my mind. Yeah. That's going to get confusing. Yeah. <laughs> did, no. Did, were they named independently yeah. before? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Weird. Yeah. Weird. I know. I know. Yeah. Right. So um, this is where Ben owns some yurts and cabins, Scandinavian cabins um, in Rydal. Beautiful, beautiful location. Um, and... So we'll be running some adventure things from up there. And there's the lovely accommodation, the sort of cosy cabins to stay in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll be doing that over the next couple of years. There's going to be, I'm waiting for it in about a year's time, and full circle yurts will buy out hands-on heavy horses <laughs> and then there'll be a full circle <laughs> retreat with meditate with horses. Oh, it's confusing. Yeah. So, Catherine, are you still, you're still the founder of, the Happiness Hub, that's still up and running at the minute. Now, that venue is, where is it? It's in Bentham, in High Bentham. That's where I came to, isn't it? Where that's, you did the yeah. Evolution Day, is that right? Yeah, the, the Personal Evolution Day. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful venue. Um, so I'll be running retreats from there also. Um, yeah. Horse connection retreats and, and yoga retreats. And you, you did a gong month at the end of the last one. Oh, with did. Andre did it, didn't they? Came yeah, up. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Graham and Andre. And um, so all, all different types of lovely therapies. Plus there's a river for wild swimming. There's um, saunas and hot tubs. And it's, it's yeah. wonderful. There's um, a, an edible walk so you can go foraging. Um, yeah. There's a wildflower meadow. It, it's, it's really lovely. Um, and we hire that out as well for yoga teachers or whoever uh, corporate events or or anybody that wants to go and have that that um that lovely venue to do their retreats is a big yoga studio yeah. uh, so that's part of the the happiness hub concept but the happiness hub is basically a collective name for all these lovely retreats and workshops right. and things i'm doing with debbie as well and yeah. Sunnybrow farm which is in hawkshead where my horses now are right do you I don't know as much about your story, Debbie. No. Uh, because we haven't done the radio, but do, do you have a meditation practice? I do. You do. Do I you do. meditate every day? I've, uh, I struggle to find a time in my day when um, I wouldn't get interrupted. So I have to confess, uh, I now run a bath. I say I'm disappearing off for half Do you meditate hour. with a glass of wine by any no, chance? No, no. <laughs> well, that would be a nice idea. No. So what I do is I run a bath, and while that's running, I have a 20-minute um, meditation because I know it's I won't get interrupted. The phone won't ring. So I've learned that that is my only sort of opportunity in, in my day. But I do also meditate with my horses, not every day, maybe three times a yeah. week. And are you meditating in the evening then if you're yes, in the bath and yeah, stuff? Yeah. And is it... Is it a Buddhist meditation? Is it transcendental meditation? Is it just... It's just my own version. Right. Whatever I feel I need to do. I have this, I don't know if it's an unusual thing, but what I do is I have this little platform that I go to and it has all these doors and every door is a different colour. And I stand there and I think, now which door do I need to go through today? And if I feel I really need to just touch base within a child, I go to the red door. And nice. if, I, if I need to... Yeah go and see my mum then I I go through a yellow door and there's sunflowers and she's sitting and I imagine her when she was about 50 years old and she was beautiful with blonde hair is your mum still with us yes yes yes, she's 89 yeah right and um so I have all these sort of like little rooms that I go to depending on what I feel and I just stand there and ask the question oh where do I need to go right now 
that's where I need to be, that's what I need to look at today. So that's how I do it. Yeah, yeah. And I've just sort of come up with this sort of little routine. And I find myself, although I initially it was all Buddhist meditation, and then I did transcendental meditation because I, because I was curious. I wanted to learn about that too. And it, I felt like my Buddhist meditation had plateaued and this sort of cleared some energy. I don't know. just made space and everything seemed to sort of move forward again. But I generally find that although those practices are separate, I do do my own thing as well. You know, I, I sort of um, have a version of things and it's actually some of it's quite personal as well how you do it like you know you're yeah. discussing the spaces that you go to yeah. and the places but I think it is whatever just whatever isn't it whatever yeah. works for you I practiced Buddhist meditation for a while and, and I've done yeah. the silent retreat yes thing. Yeah. Um, it was wonderful um, and I had this wonderful meditation practice where every morning when I woke up I would listen to the birds and the river outside and then I would focus on the silence in between so yeah. I, I would meditate on nothing yeah and the space yeah. and the silence on nothing and that that was a beautiful practice um and, and I think so the next step for me is doing shadow work so so the next retreat that I'm going on which is on my birthday in a couple of weeks is um a shadow work retreat called celebration of being right yeah yeah, I I also I like using mantra, um, and although transcendental meditation using mantra internally, external mantra I find yeah. if I can't meditate for some reason and I just get busy with me on mani padme home and thrash that out about a thousand yeah. times at the end of it I can shift whatever's troubling me. So yeah. it seems to be if I'm really struggling I go with external. Uh, yeah repetitive chanted mantra well we use know. nature and sound don't mm. we with the horses we use nature yeah. we use sound we use smells we use whatever we can but but i say that into, every yeah. night and i've done this for a long time now yeah. when i go to bed i have a, a very quite an expensive bluetooth speaker and i go on youtube or wherever i am and i get some beautiful usually nature sounds and it's mm. waves of birds singing or whatever and that's how i go to sleep every mm. night and without that just listening to the silence i i, lo- I love that now I don't know if you'd call it even a meditation, but it's how I like to um, enter into the realm of sleep, you know, mm. with some beautiful sounds of nature, ideally. Yeah. yeah. So we're coming towards the end of the show now, ladies. And a couple of last things I want to touch on, if we can. One was, Catherine, I remember seeing some videos of you on social media, and I'm a big fan of Tom Kenyon. And he sings and connects with spirit and mary magdalene and all sorts of things beautiful man if you read his story and he's had some amazing experiences but he sings in caves as well and you were doing this weren't you yeah in in the lakes weren't you yeah um yeah, yeah particularly in a in a cave at rydal up at rydal caves um where we live um so ben and i have been going up there and um just just singing and just um getting a feel of the acoustics and and the the song being kind of echoed back at you and it's just a really peaceful and lovely thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So I listened to I listened to it over and over. I listened to it a number of times. Um, yeah. And I think it's maybe because of the acoustics as yeah. well in the cave and everything. Yeah. But but and and also beautiful. the sound of the water. So um, there's a lot of water sounds in caves as well. Uh, the dripping and um, 
yeah, it's just a. It, I think we're, we're born to love the sound of water. It makes you feel musical. So just and sitting in that dark space as well, where you feel it's it's you're entering sort of a very private space, and then yeah. you can just let let you know let this sort of song emerge. So I, I really enjoy that. I think it is a very spiritual thing to do. But we did something recently, which was it was almost psychedelic um, experience. We, so we went deeper into the cave where it was pitch black you couldn't see a thing and we had that there was uh, ben and i and also some friends their children my children so there was quite a few of us and we all took musical instruments and we just thrashed and banged and popped and clanged and bonged and pinged and sang and shouted and just made a, a right racket for about mm. an hour until we, we sort of it, it was almost like shamanic and we'd entered yeah, this almost yeah, psychedelic yeah. um meditate meditate meditative state um it was it was quite beautiful i think people sometimes forget the power of sound of sound waves the spoken word mm. the explanation of how gongs work when you yeah. hit this gong and it vibrates and you can feel the sound waves rather than just hear it, you can yeah. feel it and it penetrates you and it resonates with different parts of your body and it can release trapped energies that I've been to gong baths where people have been struggling with things for years. They can't shift it. They tried everything, meditation, yoga, everything, and there's some past trauma troubling them. Sometimes you don't even know what it is, Yeah. but there's something bothering you. You go to a gong bath and at the end, there's tears, and they feel this release, and it's gone, and, yeah. and it's because it, it, it'll knock it out of you with the gongs. Yeah. Well, I've had some quite <laughs> profound visions at gong mm. baths. I don't know what happens to me at gong baths, but um, yeah. I've been I, arguing with planets, like these big booming authoritarian planets, and mm. all kinds of crazy. I find there's like a I have a wrestling match that goes on initially, and I can't <laughs> let go, and, yeah. I, oh, oh, and eventually, oh, once I let go, then that's the start of my journey, and it can be it can be. A very deep, beautiful experience on a gong bath, you know, if you let it. I, I did two back to back at the Chetham Farm retreat and they say I'm the only person ever to do that and I survived. But <laughs> you were gong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I couldn't, I, I was in space when I left. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I couldn't, I certainly couldn't drive straight away afterwards. You I, know. Do, I do think it takes you out of the, the, the realm of um, as, as being where we are in terms of size and on the planet mm. so we're the size of a human and that's a tree and we live in a house it really kind of sucks you right into the cosmos and yeah. i think that's where i have these sort of planetary visions where and i can lose for a brief while lose concept of self when yeah. i'm in a gong bath and i'm just exp i'm just immersed in sound yeah it's beautiful yeah. experience yeah well one yeah. technique that we use when we do the um workshops the, the clydesdale two-hour workshops is just to do a beautiful guided meditation. I think people mm. love that. Yeah, we take yeah. them on a journey. It is know. nice, isn't we it? We go underground. We go Somebody to all kinds of Somebody takes you places. to this magical place and you just, yeah. it's, it is nice to be guided, isn't it? it? Is. And, and they're sat on straw bells and they're wrapped in blankets and, yeah. you know, it's really lovely. With, with Buddhist meditation, all meditation is guided at first because yeah. you need instruction. Once you've had that, then, you know, the instructions less and quite often then you can do a long session and they just give you a little, some guidelines, if you will, like if you're doing the 21 Lamrim. Yeah. And then eventually there is, there's no, it's unguided. You just basically plonked and left to it, you know, yeah. and it is, it's very nice to have a guided meditation, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like a treat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a treat. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like being read a story as a yeah. child, yeah, really, exactly. isn't it? Because yeah. you could go yeah. on this journey. When I, when I did my... um. Uh, silent retreat um, up at the Danakosha in Scotland, up in the Trussocks. Um, the our, our guide used a lot of poetry as inspiration, so she mm. kept reading poems 
and and it was beautiful and then there would be six hours of meditation in silence and then more poems and then maybe a walking meditation and silence but um i found that after three days of that i was writing poetry it was just pouring Mm. out of me do you you know what do you know what placement meditation is do you you know how that works in with buddhist meditation you'll start off and they have what they call the preliminaries and this is um focus on your breath and then mm. black smoke, white smoke, and then imagining clouds drifting past as mindfulness and, and these techniques. Then you go into what you call placement meditation and you'll use a certain piece of Buddhist text and you'll read it and it generates a feeling or uh, you might have an epiphany like, ah. Oh. Yeah. And when you get that, you, you grab hold of that and you single, yeah. single pointedly focus yeah. on that. Very, very, very difficult to do if you're not in a controlled Buddhist retreat. If you try and do it in your everyday life, very difficult. And each time you'll go, "Ah, oh, and as soon as you've lost it, you've got to go right back to the start and repeat everything that you've been told, either reading the text or reciting something. Get back to that sensation. You go, ah, uh, oh, oh. And you've got to start again. And it's, oh, it's... It can it be take, really it difficult. Takes you, yeah. It takes you to that place of beauty um, that that, it, that opens you up. But these, I think we absolutely need this spiritual language and these metaphors because metaphors are very liquid and we can take that liquid and we can we can swallow it and it, and and it, and it can travel around us and mm. and we can make it part of us and then we can kind of integrate it and then it can emerge as something beautiful from us um and that's the thing about spiritual language and really when we're at school we we're given either religion or science as a choice but but science is science is a truth but religion is a metaphor and and really we should be given both yeah. so oh. that we can use the, the metaphors when we need them and, and the code of ethics to help each other and to help the planet. But also the science is, is really important too, to, to, part, to be participants in the, yeah. in the, in the universe properly. Um, happy class, which you, you, you know, I write about the fact that in schools and it's not part of the syllabus to teach people correct thought, good mental health, mm. learning how to manage anxiety and stress. These things aren't on the syllabus. No. These are the most important life so, lessons so you could possibly learn. So what people have got is, is very don't get them. ancient and limited mm. religions to choose from. What we're going to teach you, we're going to teach you about computers and we're going to teach you about science and history, which a lot of us are irrelevant anyway mm. and a lot of it's lies. But we're going to teach you all this stuff so you can go out and earn as much money as you can and then realise that actually that's not going to make you happy, but it's too late because you've got yourself in debt because you've got a big house and a big car, and then you're unhappy and miserable, so you get a cocaine habit, and then you end up having a heart attack and maybe taking your own life. And all. It's all wrong, mm. all of it. We're being pushed down this channel, and what we should be saying is, what makes you happy? Yeah. What well, makes you happy? Actually, and if it's not harming anybody else, and especially if it's benefiting other people, yeah. then do that. And yeah. then the, if money will come, success well, well, will follow. Because happy people are productive people. Yeah, you learn but, better. But when what, you're what happy. schools and colleges are actually doing now is asking the corporations what they want. What what kind of sausages would you like us to produce? What is it you're looking for? What do you need? You know, what mm. what what kind of person? What kind of product? What 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 what, what do you place value in? And then the colleges or the universities are, are producing these for the for the corporates, for, yeah. for, the, for the economy. Well, it's for the the same with all research as well. But unfortunately, nearly all research, especially if it's into pharmaceuticals and the benefits of medicinal benefits of plants and all this kind of anything like that, it's all funded by the, mm. you know, the chemical companies or like 
AstraZeneca or whoever, they, they fund the research so that the research is channeled into finding what they're looking for, not what we need necessarily. You know, it's, um, it's a vicious circle, I suppose, mm. isn't it? So when we went to Manjushri, Debbie, was that your first time at it Manjushri? Was, yeah. See, I find that incredible. Because a, I know it won't be the last, though. I loved it. Beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. beautiful, yeah. Because, because you've it's on your doorstep, yeah. really. It's not yeah. that far away. And I feel it like it's like palpable peace. As soon as I get there, like, yeah. oh, it's relaxed. And then you've got the beach and the cake Mind and you, the temple. You, don't forget, I live on a farm, so I have got a lot of tranquility yes. and peace yeah. all around. But I, I agree, forget. it was... It really does focus your mind to just mm. chill there, doesn't it? It's just so mm. beautiful. When I first went there, <clears throat> uh, yeah, in my mind, I thought, you know, I've got a, I want to swear, a shit car. Um, my job, I hate my job and things weren't going well. My relationship wasn't great or whatever, all these problems. And then I was there for a few days, surrounded by beautiful people. Nobody had any ulterior motives. Judgment. And I had contrast because I wasn't, my energy was different than everybody else's, so you become very aware of yourself. And I thought, oh, shit, it's me. I'm the problem. And you have this realisation. And, and at first, I just wanted to leave because I felt so uncomfortable. And the best thing I ever did, and the reason why I'm still alive today is that I stayed one more night because then things started to unfold and that was the beginning of a, a journey for me, you know. So, so ladies, if somebody wants to go to do a retreat and wants to do hands on heavy horses or go and do a full circle retreat yeah. or wants to go to meditate with horses and meditate with yourself, Catherine, let's tell them how they do that. So we'll start with you, Debbie. Okay. So if you wanted to come to a full circle retreat, yes, the best thing to do would be to look at the website because all the images and all the information about each individual retreat is on there. So that would be www.fullcircleretreats.co.uk Okay. And then that would be a corridor into various social media channels and everything else via the website. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, all on there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So full circle retreats. Yes. Not full circle years. No. <laughs> no. Fullcircleretreats.co.uk Yeah, I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> Catherine. If somebody wants to come and meditate with horses, I know they can do that as part mm -hmm. of a retreat at Full Circle Retreats. But also, if they just wanted to meditate with horses, how would they get in touch with yourself? So I have a website. It's www.happinesshub.uk. Okay. Not, not a co, just dot .uk. Dot .uk. Um, and that's got all the information about Sunnybrow Farm, which is a holistic farm where the horses are. Um you people can have a look at their brochure uh, they've got accommodation as well uh, yeah. and, a, and a full brochure of therapies uh, and that's where my horses are for the one-to-one -one sessions um i'm on facebook as meditate with horses so just at meditate with horses on facebook. okay okay thank you very much for coming on the show thank you for having us it's been wonderful uh, i'm really lucky i think the viewers are going to really enjoy this show it's very interesting and I know you've come a long way so I'm very grateful thank you thanks for having, well, us. Thanks for having us you can get my first book from Pills to Peace on Amazon and in about 12 other places the audio book by the time you watch this will be on ACX Amazon and Audible book two is about six weeks off and that's moving forward learning how to glide and that's elevating yourself and propelling yourself forward using surrounding energies with zero resistance with zero effort 
in harmony with natural law. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can also go to the website, midnightmcbride.com. And obviously, you're watching this program on the YouTube channel, Midnight McBride. And if you subscribe to this channel, there'll be a new show every week. And thanks for watching. I hope you've enjoyed the show. See you next time.